This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and this is Invest Talk. It is Friday, January 5th, January 15th, 2021. And on today's program and podcast, we will operate with our mission. We'll start off with our mission statement, independence thinking and shared success. And this is our assurance that our market reporting, our process explanations, our educational segments, and our stock commentary will all be presented without bias. We will just give you the facts. We're going to give you the facts as we see them. And these are facts. These are not conjecture. We'll tell you if we're conjecturing, but the facts that, you know, make up the individual stocks or whatever we're discussing. I'm Steve Peasley. We'll help you make sure, you know, and we will help make sure that listening to Talk is something that is an excellent use of your time. And, of course, we encourage you to contact us with your financial investment questions. Yes, you get to shape the show to your liking. You, wherever you want to take it, that's where it goes. As long as it's financial in nature, we'll go there. You can call and interact with us right now live during this streaming live program, 4 to 5 Pacific time. Or you can leave questions anytime on our Talk Voice Bank. The number never changes, 888 888- 99 chart. So let's get right to our first listener question. Hey guys, this is Dan from Seattle. And you guys took over my retirement portfolios last year, and I've been super happy with uh, the performance and everything so far. I wanted to see if you could weigh in on Lumen Technologies, ticker L U M N, for a long or three to five year dividend play in my dividend portfolio I'm working on. A lot of mixed reviews in the articles I've been reading, so just wanted to see what you guys thought. Thank you very much. I listen on the podcast. Okay, sure. We'll take a look at that one. Um, let's see. L-U-M-N. L-U-M is in Mary, N is in Nancy. Name of the company. Um, Aluminum Technology, Lumen Technologies, Technologies, Inc., headquarters in Louisiana, provides local exchange, long-distance network access, broadband services to rural communities in 37 states. So it's kind of a telephone telephone data type of company. Uh, let's see. Uh, 2021 is going to make $1.41 a share. It's going to make $1.43 a share this year. $1.32 a share the year before. So, well, I say this year, 2020. Okay. $1.43 and 2019, $1.32. And it's an $11.43 stock. Okay, so that's fairly inexpensive. Right, I mean that's a value play. It pays a, a very nice dividend of eight point seven percent. Cash flow is very high at five dollars and seventy two cents. Think about that. Cash flow is about half of the price of the stock. That means it's cheap. It's very expensive. That means it's a deep value play. Okay, so if you're looking for value and you want a dividend and you want to hold this for a long time, this is the kind of stock you want to buy. On a chart. It looks like it finally broke above some resistance levels just uh, yesterday and today. So I would I would be a buyer here. I like the stock. L-U-M-N, Lumen Technologies. 
Well, my answer to our caller was, uh, you know, kind of a demonstration that today in this program and podcast, I will do my best to provide unbiased answers to all your financial investment questions. I know you want strategies to help deal with market volatility. I know that. You know, it's oh, there's always uncertainty in the market. And I'm here and now ready to take your calls. Number is 888-99-CHART. Today's trivia question concerns the history of bankruptcy. The bankruptcy laws in the United States, you'll be surprised about it, I think. So that'll be coming up about halfway through the show, as I do every day. So how did the market do today? Well, it was kind of a, not a great day. It wasn't, it wasn't really terrible. It was a, the Dow was down 177 points. The Nasdaq was down 114 points. And the SP was down 27 points. Okay, so uh, down day. The market's kind of struggling a little bit. I, I don't think that anybody out there, any of us, should find that unusual. I, I don't think that we should, like, worry about it. Because the market's going to, there's going to be a pullback sometime in the next few months. And it and it might be rotational, meaning it, the pullback might be in certain sectors. So that's one of the things I want to talk about today. I want to talk about retail sales. The report that came out last month, uh, Vanguard says value stocks will start to shine this year. They're not quite sure of timing, though. And do you know who Mohammed Al-Harim is? He used to be uh, one of the co-CEOs of PIMCO, the largest bond company in the world. He's still around. He had some really interesting things to say. He says a the uh, stock market will probably continue to rise, but there are four risks in the market. I want to talk about what those four risks are. If we have time, that's what we're going to discuss. Okay? Um, okay. We are headed into a break. My phone lines are open. The number is 888-99-CHART. Markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now and he's ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. And our focus point today, besides the ones, uh, the issues I just mentioned, is um, it concerns a market. Expert is projecting the five most dangerous bubble stocks, which are likely to fail. Well, is that gonna? Yeah. Are, what are what? What is a bubble? Do you know, do you know what a bubble is? Or how to define what a bubble is? That I want to. I think that's much more important for you to learn. What's a bubble? Are we in a bubble? The last big bubble, of course, was the dot com bubble in 1999. What was it? I take that back. The last big bubble was a housing bubble in 2008. That was the last big bubble. So we haven't seen one since, or have we? So we'll talk about that. Um, it is Friday, so I will share highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter, like I always do. We'll, we'll get to that here in a few minutes. But, of course, you drive the show, so it's the callers we like to focus on. So let's talk to Edgar in San Diego. How you doing, Edgar? I'm great, Steve. Thank you so much for taking my call. Uh, my question is 
regarding this ETF, it's a clean energy, ICLN. Okay. You want to buy it? Is it you're thinking about buying it or do you already own it? No, I, I, I'm thinking to start a position in it, and I was wondering what you think of it. Well, I like the I like the thinking because clean energy stocks are probably going to continue to shine. They've already been doing pretty darn well, but they'll probably continue to shine, especially in an all democratic kind of uh, uh, federal government. Okay, so you you know they're going to be pushing clean energy uh, a lot, and so clean energy stocks will probably do fairly well. So I kind of like the, the the idea. This is an ETF uh, called iShares S&P Global Clean Energy, uh, an ETF uh, that, that tracks the Standard & Poor's Global Clean Energy Index. So, it's $30.56. There's no way to know if that's a good value. This has moved up from about $8 or so during the COVID crash last March and today it's at $30.56. So you can see it's made a huge move already. So I, I'm not sure I'd chase it. I, I'd probably wait for a pretty decent pullback, maybe to uh, you know, $30 now, maybe to $25 or so in that range. There's another large strength around $22, $23, a lot of support in that area. I'd probably wait for a pullback because it's done so well. Nothing grows to the sky. Not, there are always pullbacks along the way. Thanks for the call, Edgar. I appreciate it. Okay, as Friday, I do a quick rundown of the benchmark numbers. The two-year Treasury yield is at 0.137, and the 10-year is at 1.09%. Now, you know that that means, you know if you've listened to me every week, that that spread is getting bigger and bigger. The, the difference between the two two-year and the 10-year. And the, uh, the, the yield spread is very, very important. So, and it's in, going in the right direction. We want it to expand. We don't want it to shrink. Gold was priced at $1,829 an ounce. It got up to $2,000 an ounce a few months ago and has a, is having a hard time getting back there. But I, but I feel that we're still going to have one more run in gold. I really do. At least one more run. Oil, $52.32 a barrel. Have you looked at the big oil companies and how they done the, how they did this week? They did very well because $52.32 is a pretty good price for a barrel oil. Do you remember what it was uh, at its low this last year? $19 a barrel. The national average for a gallon of regular gasoline, $2.37. In California, it's $3.33. A little less than a dollar more. That's, hey, not more than a dollar more. And Utah, $2.20. So that's some of the main numbers. Let's go to John in Santa Cruz. John, how you doing out there in Santa Cruz? Doing great, Steve. Doing great. Good. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, this opaque kind of ETF called IBOL. I'm wondering um, if it's a place that would be um, appropriate to park some cash into. Okay. But I don't understand it well enough to, 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 to do that. So I'd like your take. Okay. It's an exchange traded fund 
that seeks to hedge the risk of increased fixed income volatility and rising inflation. Okay, so I don't know how it does it. It says, you know, so what it's trying to do, because I'd have to really look into it, but the the risk in, in fixed income is interest rate risk. Interest rates are rising, right? So that means the value of fixed income bonds will be going down. Well, this is an exchange-traded fund seeking to hedge against that risk, against that volatility, and also, at the same time, against rising inflation. So we know that inflation, well, we don't know, but chances are very good inflation is going to go up, and this is hedging against that. Now, it has been going up because interest rates have been rising, right? Look at the 10-year treasury I just mentioned, over 1%. And what, a month ago, month and a half ago, is like 0. 0.6, 0.7% of 1%. You know, so less, much less. So this has been moving up since that time. So it looks like it's doing what it says it will do. So other than that, I can't really tell you a lot about it, John. I really can't, not without doing some research. Interesting ETF. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And we made it. We just finished the second trading week of 2021. Keep in mind that through the continuing uncertainty, the task of building our financial freedom must continue. You cannot afford to take your eye off the ball. You can't backslide. You can't just sit back and relax. You can, but you still got to keep your keep your hand on the pulse of everybody, your finger on the pulse. Your goal of financial freedom that requires that. You just can't change it. And I like doing it, so it's not a problem. Your participation is really important in the mix of this program. We're taking your calls live, 888-99-SHARP. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question-and-answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. Okay, our main talking point or point of interest today on this show is five dangerous bubble stocks. Don't be don't be holding the bag. Don't be the bag holder. Don't be the last one to be buying these stocks because they've done so well. You need to be taking profits, not on some of these. And there's more than five. There's quite a few. Remember, as I said earlier, just like trees, stocks don't keep growing to the sky. Consider taking some gains off the table. Especially your big high flyers. Take them off. Cut, rebalance. Go, you know, go into, it doesn't mean you have to get out of them, but they won't just continue to go up and up and up. Okay. You know, there's different, there's many factors to consider when you're, when you're looking at a company. Uh, you know, is, how, big, how big can they grow? I mean, if the company has the market, how's it going to get grow more business? H- how, you know? So you got to look at all the factors. When a stock doubles, can it double again? Is that what you're expecting? 
So you gotta kind of kind of pay attention to what is good value of stocks, not just you know just not look at well, gee, it's going up and I want to be in it because it's going up. That's not a a, a a good reason to be in a stock. You always look at the fundamentals first. What are the fundamentals of this company? Can it continue to support a higher and higher and higher stock price? I mean, bubbles bubbles are are those things that go up or expand for no reason other than because people want it to expand. They, you, most people don't even realize they're in the bubble when they're in the bubble. But they're not using, you know, fundamentals, especially when it comes to stocks, not using the fundamentals or the market or history or anything to try to evaluate this company. Usually it's always, well, this, at this time it's different because, you know, like in the dot-com era, this time is different because we're in a whole different way of doing business. Everything's going to be on the, on the Internet. But everybody forgot they still have to make money somewhere, and all those Internet stocks didn't make money. There was very, very few that even had a business model that would make money eventually. Uh, you know, what? where's the bubble stocks now? Probably in the electric vehicles. You know, people believe that the electric vehicle is going to completely replace the internal combustion engine. That's probably not true. Not completely. It will grow and grow fast, but not completely. Or the marijuana stocks. Everybody thinks, oh, the marijuana stocks is the future because, you know, it's going to replace alcohol and tobacco and recreational drug uses. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, how much money do those marijuana stocks make? Most of them don't make anything. So you got to be very, very careful when you're talking about buying stocks that just gone up and they keep going up. It's, no one knows when that will end. Let's go to James in Sonoma. James. Yes, how are you doing today? You talked about bonds the other day, and I didn't get, couldn't get a chance to get to a phone. I'm calling you about JMSIX, J.P. Morgan Income Fund. It's sort, uh -huh. of a high, it's sort of a multi-sector high... Uh, high-yield fund. I wondered what you thought of this one. And what do you think of the sector in general with interest rates starting to rise a little bit? I think a lot of your bond funds are going to start suffering as interest rates start to rise. I don't think okay. interest rates, first of all, you know, James, interest rates are not going to skyrocket all of a sudden turn around and start going up and, oh, my gosh, they're going to go up. But it's not going to be like a panic thing. It's, you know, it's not going to just keep going up, and now it's going to destroy everything. But you have to understand, as interest rates rise, bond funds go down. The value of bonds go down. Uh, but yields go up, but the bond value will go down more than the yield that's going up. So you're going to be losing money in them. Uh, in the high yield, whenever you hear the word high yield describing a fund, that means they're taking, they're buying those those junk bonds. That's what high yield is, junk bonds, and those will be hurt the most in rising interest rates. Quality bond funds will be hurt less. Long-term bond funds will be hurt more, a lot more than short-term bond funds. So you just have to know how this works. So I would probably, I may not get out of it, but I'd make it a much smaller portion of my overall portfolio what I do. If you still want the safety of bonds, then go to short-term 
high-quality bonds. That's where you want to be in a rising interest rate environment. Thank you for the call, James. Appreciate it. Now, we are all focused on building a secure financial future, but what happens if things go wrong and go very wrong? Now, each year, there are many people who experience crushing expenses like unexpected medical costs and then have no choice but to declare bankruptcy. It, it is very difficult. So after we go to break, here are my trivia questions. Here is my trivia question. When, which year, did Congress pass the first federal law related to bankruptcy? And how many legislative major milestones have occurred as bankruptcy laws were enacted and changed over the centuries? Now it's said centuries, too. After break, I will supply the answer. But for now, my phone line is open. You can call right now. I encourage you to call 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The new year is bringing lots of changes. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? You don't have to guess. You can get unbiased guidance from Invest Talk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The phone lines are open now and your questions are welcome. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, before the break, I gave you a trivia question. When and which year did Congress pass the first federal law relating to bankruptcy? And how many legislative major milestones have occurred as bankruptcy laws were enacted and changed over the to- over the centuries? Now, bankruptcy in the United States has been a long has a very long history. So, it started. Let me start with a definition. Bankruptcy is a federal law that allows individuals and businesses an opportunity to eliminate, eliminate or reorganize burdensome debt in the event that they are unable to repay it according to the original terms of the schedule of the loan or bond, whatever debt they incurred. The framers of our Constitution actually provided for bankruptcy law, Article 1, Section 8. But here's a bit of history, legislative history. In 1800, Congress passed the first federal law related to bankruptcy. It was very credit-oriented and only permitted involuntary bankruptcies of merchant debtors. There were no provisions for individuals at all, none. That was in 1800. After the financial panic of 1837, Congress passed another bankruptcy law in 1841. For the first time, it permitted debtors to file their own voluntary bankruptcies. That was a pretty revolutionary idea. In other words, you could force, before that, you could force a commercial debtor into bankruptcy because they owed you money and they didn't do it. This law allowed you to decide if you wanted to go into bankruptcy, not just be forced into bankruptcy. Okay, after another panic, which was the Civil War... Uh, Congress decided to try again and passed another Bankruptcy Act of 1867. In 1898, Congress for the first time passed a nationwide comprehensive bankruptcy that became law, essentially permanent. Now, after several amendments to the 1898 law, Congress eventually passed the Bankruptcy Reform Act of 1978. Think how long that is. 1978. Finally, Congress passed the Bankruptcy Abuse Prevention and Consumer Protection Act of 2005. It had a means test for determining which individual debtors could qualify for Chapter 7, which is complete liquidation, or Chapter 11 or Chapter 13, which is debt relief and repayment of what you can pay, that kind of thing. So over the years... There have been six major bankruptcy laws passed by Congress. That is a condensed history, by the way, everybody, of the bankruptcy law. It's 
has, has, had, has had a long history. Okay, let's go to Jim in Washington State. He wants to talk about Amgen. Jim. Hi, hi, Steve. Um, hey, uh, I, I bought some Amgen uh, a while back at about two fifteen, and uh, been you know doing pretty good, I guess, and slowly going up. And uh, I don't know. I was kind of thinking about buying a little bit more, and I was just. Uh, Wanted to see what you thought about that one um, since it's gone up uh, quite a bit. I like Amgen. It's my favorite biotech. Develops therapeutic based. Therapeutics based on cellular and molecular biology to treat cardiovascular and inflammatory diseases. Uh, It's big. It's $143 billion, so it's huge. It's going to make $16.95. Its earnings have gone up every year since 2013. Every year it goes up. And because of that consistency... And recent growth in the 10 to 12% range, the stock is now $245 a share. Going to make $16.95. So that makes the PE, what, about 15 or so? Maybe a little bit more than that, 18, 17? And that's a high end of its range, by the way. The range is pretty narrow, 11 to 17 on the PE range. So right now it's a little bit expensive, and it pays a 2.9% dividend. If, you know, you could wait for a pullback, uh, but I do think I, I've, I've owned it in my own personal 401k for years, and I've, I've just kind of ignored it, let it, let it go, because I think it will continue to go up. I wouldn't have a problem adding to it if, if you have room in your portfolio, meaning that you don't have enough of it on a percentage basis and you want to buy it, but I might wait for a pullback. I'd be patient and wait for that pullback. Amgen, A-M-G-N is the symbol, everybody. Thanks for the call, Jim. Appreciate it. The KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed to subscribers today. And, of course, it was packed with helpful information and insight in the market. You know, it, it always is. I try to put things that are pertinent to us as investors. In the market conditions sections, I explain most experts are predicting that 2021 will be a good year for stocks. Their estimates foresee an increase in the mid-teens for the S&P 500. And I also say the market really is likely to rally, but it is not going to be the same stocks that rally in the past. It's going to be a different group probably. There's probably going to be some strong pullbacks in various sectors. you got to be aware of that. Meanwhile, there were some interesting releases concerning economic statistics, inflation Reports in the form of the CPI, Consumer Price Index, showed a slight jump to four-tenths of a percent from two-tenths, but the core numbers remain subdued. Initial jobless claims spiked to 965,000 from 784,000. That was a pretty big jump, 165,000. And that's because COVID and re-shutting down and all those things, it will show up in the economy and it shows up in the weekly unemployment claims first, and you're seeing it. And these numbers are only going to feel more desired by the Federal government to spend more money. We know that. The Federal Reserve has continuously stated that it will let inflation, when it does show up, run past the target of 2%. 
The Fed believes that inflation has been subdued for, subdued for too long or for so long that it needs to increase and be more than normal for a while. Now, that's not exactly what they said, but that certainly is the conclusion of what they're saying. So, of course, I go to more, more details. I get into more details, but, you know, on, on this issue. So, portfolio management section. Uh... Okay, I talked about on this one, the moving averages, looking at moving averages, looking at charts of moving averages and how to use them and, you know, what they are good for. I'm worried that too many people think that a chart is the end-all and be-all of, of, of a stock, of analyzing stock. It is not. That's the last thing you look at. First thing you look at is fundamentals. But I do point that out in the portfolio management section. That charts can help you, you know, buy and sell points. It can help you with that, but it's just a help. It doesn't tell you what to buy, what stocks you should own. Doesn't do any of that. A couple of stock ideas. I mentioned one that tracks the price of gold. Okay, and we've, you know, we've recommended gold before many times, uh, but you know, it's really a good, good uh, hedge against inflation and a good hedge against a falling dollar. The dollar has risen here in the last seven or eight days, but overall, it's been in a downtrend for well over a year. So, anyways, also another, the other stock I've highlighted um, in, the, uh, in the newsletter was a gathering, processing, storage, and transportation of gas, natural gas, a company, big one. Pays eight and a half percent dividend. Consumer watch section. I have four sections in the newsletter. Okay, four sections. Consumer watch. Um, I talked about refinancing mortgage. Is it a good idea? And what do you need to consider? You shouldn't be refinancing just because the interest rate's really low. If you have twenty, if you paid your mortgage for twenty-five years, should you refinance for the last five years? No, no, makes no sense. Remember, the last five years, you're almost 100% paying down, uh, paying down uh, principal. No interest. So even if you have a 6% mortgage and you paid it for 25 of the 30 years, those last five years, don't refinance that 6% mortgage because you're paying only principal, almost, almost 100% principal anyways. So don't do that. That's not the only reason not to refinance. There are good reasons to refinance, but, you know, don't just do it blindly. Do the math. That's what I said, by the way. And if you can't do the math, find somebody to do the math for you. Okay? So that was, uh, that's, there was more in the newsletter, of course. Uh, there's a lot of valuable information in the KPP Premium Newsletter, and I do it every week. It comes out every Friday for all subscribers and to all the clients. And it comes directly to you in your inbox, okay? So if you want to subscribe, go to investtalk.com. You can subscribe. Okay, and you'll get it every Friday. Every Friday. Pick up another caller question. As you probably know, if you call between 4 and 5 Pacific time, we can take your question live. That allows some healthy interaction, you know. Because sometimes I like to ask you questions. 
Or you can call in time 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and record your financial investment questions directly into an Talk voice bank. And that number is 888-99-CHART. Hello, my name is John from New York, and I just want to know your thoughts on a specific stock. I'm looking at Penn National Gaming, ticker P-E-N-N. I just wanted to know what's your advice on whether this is something that you should invest in or not. I know with their acquisition or a part-time ownership of Barstool Sports, I believe this is something that could grow in the future, but I just wanted to know your thoughts. Thank you. Have a good day. Well, the gaming industry, okay, gaming industry, gambling, I, I think they'll recover very strongly once we get this vaccine distributed to most people. So Penn National Gaming operates 41 gaming properties with 49,637 gaming machines, probably slot machines mostly, 1,327 table games, 2.4 million square feet of gaming space. Okay, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lose $4.88 in 2020. 2020, it's scheduled to make $1.44. But don't think the stock is cheap. It's $99.11. It's been rallying pretty pretty strongly. Okay, so it's not cheap. Sales are still shrinking, uh, but earnings will turn around. So it's a question of how much is it really worth? Cash flow is $4.02. Well, now, I've, I looked at other stocks, and I think there's better bargains in other stocks. I, w- I personally would not be buying Penn National Gaming. But there's other stocks in this space that I like a lot better and that I would be buying. Okay? Appreciate the call. Pin National, P-E-N-N, is the symbol. Let's go to Melios in San Francisco. Good morning. Good afternoon, Melios. Uh, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Absolutely. Thank you. I was looking, uh, taking your advice about commodities, um, uh, V-A-L-E. Because I'm thinking in the future when the economy picks up. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay, who is it, everybody? Uh-huh. V-A-L-E. Okay, it's Val Sa ADR. Okay, so this is a foreign company. It's a Brazilian company. It's a Brazilian company engaged in the mining exploration of minerals in Brazil in Brazil and five other countries. So it's looking for minerals. I think commodities is the place you want to be because it's really, really inexpensive. They're going to make $3.11 next year, and it's a $17.64 stock. Let me refer, well, oh, let me restate that. It's going to make $3.11. If you get even a 10P, that's $30. Wouldn't it normally deserve a 10PE? Probably. It's going to make $1.87 in 2020. And it lost 33 cents a share in 2019. Now, the risk is you do, it is a Brazilian company, so you have that foreign risk, but it, I don't think it's that great. I think this is a very good value stock. It's already been moving up, but I think it has ways to go. So I do like it a lot. Emilios, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Val, V A L E is the symbol. It's Val Saw ADR. Okay, uh, you know, retail sales were up today. Uh, we're out. The reports for last month were out today. And retail sales shrunk 7%. And it was expected to shrink one-tenth of, let me rephrase that. It shrunk seven-tenths of 1%. Seven-tenths of 1% shrink. 
It was expected to shrink one-tenth of one percent, and last month it shrank 1.4%. If you take out autos, it's worse. Retail shrank 1.4% for the most recent month. So uh, it was very, it was weak. And of course, it's all about COVID, people being laid off, haven't got their money yet from the government. And, you know, so it looks like the economy is going to be suffering a little bit. But what's interesting is industrial production was up strong, up 1.6%. When it was up only half a percent last month. That was interesting. But this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues right after this break, so get your questions in now. 888 99 Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where Invest Talk hosts and KPP principals. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with Klein Investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Adam in Pasadena. Adam. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Hey, I'm looking to buy uh, a stock Fitbit, F-I-T. Just oh. wanted to know your thoughts. And then if you had time, uh, the second stock is Parsley Energy, P-E. Well, real quick, uh, you can't buy Fitbit because uh Google already bought it, and they just closed on the deal. So Google bought it, and they just closed on it January 14th. So it's still out there trading, but it won't go anywhere. It won't do you any good because uh, Google bought the company. <clears throat> okay, what was the symbol of the other one, Adam? Uh, the the other one was uh, P-E, Parsley Energy. Okay, P-E, P is in Paul, Parsley, E is in uh, eyeball, E. Yes. Huh. I don't have that one. P-E. Doesn't ring any bells. Let's see. I have a chart on it. Why is it coming up on my fundamental basis? Yeah. Parsley Energy Company. Looks like it's it's uh, been doing pretty well recently. Do you already own it? I don't own it. I was looking to buy it maybe for three to five years. He is not coming up. Huh. I don't have the fundamentals on it, so I can't really help you there. On a chart, I can tell you it's doing pretty well. Um, I, I just can't answer your question. I don't want to give you any false information. So, but I'm, it's not coming up. So I have a feeling maybe not trade. Is it trade on the New York Stock Exchange? It should with a symbol just P-E. Let me type in something else. Parsley. Let me type in the name of the name. P-A-R-S-L-E-Y. Huh. Energy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a company, but it's just not coming up on my fundamental screens. Something's wrong. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, sorry, Adam. I can't help you. It didn't help you very much, did I? I'm sorry. 888-99-CHARTERS is our number, everybody. 888-992-4278. So Vanguard says value stocks will start to shine, so start to outperform growth stocks. But I noticed at the same time they didn't say exactly when. 
So it could be this year, as far as Vanguard is concerned, it could be next year. They said the, uh, the extended, the, the reason they say this is because the extended low inflation did not favor value stocks. And that low inflation, they think, is going to stop. They see inflation, inflation going up and bonds going from where I mentioned it today at 1%, 10-year treasury bond, to 2% yield, doubling in yield. I can easily see that happening. I think it's going to go, by the end of the year, I wrote in our my annual letter to my clients that I think the 10-year is going to go between 2 and 3% this year. Remember, it's only at 1% now. And six weeks ago or so, it was at 6 tenths of 1% yield. So you got to remember, there's competition between bonds and stocks for cash. People have cash. They can invest in bonds or they can invest in stocks. And over a number of years now, it's all gone stocks way, right? Because that's where you can make money. Bond yields were nothing. Well, now yields are starting to go up. Won't that attract some of that cash, some of those, some of that money over from the stock market over to the bond market? Well, what would someone sell? See, this is the thinking, everybody. What would they sell over there in the stock market? Okay, and a lot of experts think they're going to sell the big bubbly tech stocks. They're not going to get out of them. They'll just cut back. Well, when you cut back, what does that do? If everybody does, the stock goes down. It's that simple. That's what they think. Okay? We'll see. We're going to all see, aren't we? This year is going to be an interesting one. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening and encourage you to tell your friends, family members, and about our free podcast downloads. We post a new program each weekday shortly after the end of the live streaming broadcast, which we just did. It always concludes at 5 o'clock, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Get your free downloads anytime, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and at investtalk.com. And be sure to review and rate us. We ask you to call with your questions anytime, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We want you to ask those questions because we will answer them on the next or a subsequent invest talk. 888 chart is that number. Independent thinking, share success, everybody. This is Invest Talk. So enjoy your weekend. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.